Good morning, Thrive Church family. It's always a joy to know that we're together, even if we're apart. Um, <laughs> it's a whole new world. But, well, thank you for joining with us and sharing comments in the chat section so that we can feel that we're together. Uh, we thank you for your continued prayers for Pastor Barry and Megan as they continue their sabbatical. And uh, we have new information. Uh, the COVID virus has visited their household, uninvited, of course. But currently, Pastor Megan and Gavin have tested positive, and they are being quarantined. Pastor Barry and the rest of the family have tested negative at this time. They retested this weekend, and they're awaiting their results. But prayers for the Mulock household and health are much needed. Uh, remember, they are on sabbatical, so don't contact them directly. An email will be sent out uh, how you can help. And this is a good time to update your email by filling out the Connect card. Just a reminder also for us to be continue to be diligent in our efforts to fight this virus. I also ask that you keep in prayer Pastor Kelly Fellows. He's a pastor of a Foursquare Church in Brea. He was also recently on our Pacific Southwest District and helped with youth in our camps. He has uh, been hit with COVID and he is in the hospital and has been on a ventilator for the last week or so and uh, is very serious. So we're just asking that you keep him in prayer also. In fact, if you would join me right now in praying for our pastor's household and Pastor Kelly Fellows. So Father God, uh, we lift up our pastors, Barry and Megan and the Mulock household and Pastor Kelly Fellows. And Lord, we pray, we declare full health over their bodies. We ask that COVID would be cast down in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for strength that you breathe life into their lungs, into their bodies. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, this week we have a special guest, Pastor Justin Klatt. Justin and his wife, Janae, co-pastor the Imagine Church. And uh, they named this after much prayer and the Lord giving them the verse, Ephesians 3.20, where it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And their vision for Imagine Church was then revealed. Justin and Janae have two daughters, and they lived devoted to the truth that a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit reveals creativity, hope, and grace to all areas of life. So thank you, Pastor Justin, for bringing the Word of God for us today. What up, Thrive Church? What up, Thrive Church? I am so grateful and honored to be with you at church this week. My name is Justin Klatt. And my wife, Janae, and I pastor a church called Imagine Church that meets all over the country in small local communities and online communities. And we are friends with your amazing pastors, Barry and Megan. They are so awesome. We've known them for some years now. And last September, we were in Israel with them for two weeks and on top of that, Barry and my wife work together in our denomination central offices, Foursquare central offices. Hey, I want to show you guys a couple of pictures of us and your pastors in Israel last year. 
here's one of Barry and Megan in one of the tunnels and and Barry and Megan there with our district supervisor and then here's another one of my wife and I that's my wife and I with Barry and Megan going for a walk in Jerusalem and here's one of us with Barry in his Glendale hat come on Glendale California and here's another one of a well a compromising photo of your pastor and I in a tunnel in Jerusalem having fun like a bunch of crazy kids so we love your pastors and I have been so encouraged by how well pastors Barry and Megan have led you all through this COVID season. You all ramped up your online presence so fast and you did it with excellence. I, I remember even a couple weeks into the COVID season, I jumped online and watched a couple of your services and you guys have done it well. And so I called Barry and I was like, dude, this looks good. This sounds good. I love it. Um, but now, since we mentioned COVID season, I want to take a moment and pray for your pastors and their family, uh, Pastor Megan and and their boy Gavin uh, having COVID right now. And so I want to take a moment and let's all pray for them. Lord, I pray for Pastor Barry and Megan and the rest of the whole family. And I pray for Thrive Church as they watch and pray for their pastors going through this hard season. But Lord, we pray for healing for Megan and Gavin. Lord, we just pray that you would come and heal them, that you would give them energy, take COVID away. I pray for protection for the rest of the Mulock family. And uh, Lord, just bring your peace and your healing touch to their home. And Lord, in this in this sabbatical time, the, the, the next month or so, I pray that you would bring peace and rest to both Pastor Barry and Megan, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I am so excited to share with your entire church community this week. And as Pastor Barry called me and asked me to, to share with you all this week, I asked him, I said, hey, well, okay, so what is your church doing? What, is, what, what have you guys been talking about? What have your last series been? And he said, well, actually, for over a year, we've been doing a series called God Is. And I was like, over a year? What? This is awesome. This is a long series. And I'm like, what haven't you covered? I mean, you, the, and he, he was like, well, we've covered a lot. And I said, well, I feel like I called him back. I prayed and I called him back the next day and I said, well, I feel like I want to talk about this. Is that okay? And he said, yeah, we've actually talked a little bit about that a couple times throughout the last year of the series, but say whatever God has on your heart and uh, we trust that God will speak through that. So today's sermon is titled, God Is, that's the series, God Is, your father and he has good gifts for you god is your father and he has good gifts for you let me start off by telling you that i am a father janae and i pastor janae and i have two daughters one is 11 her name is zoe jane and one is seven 
and her name is McCallum. And here is a picture of us, our family, me and my wife and our two girls. And then there's another picture of us in a river, and that's in Zion National Park in, in uh, Utah. And so that is our family, and those are my cute girls. I love being a dad of girls. I am like putty in their hands. They are amazing, and I would do anything for them. You know, one of the small things that I do with my girls often, I mean, this is probably once a week or so, to show them how much I love them and that I'm not embarrassed by them and that I don't care what anyone else thinks, but that they are important to me. About once a week, we'll be driving down the street and I will roll down all four windows in the car. And I will yell out of the car windows at the people walking down the street or at the cars next to us. And I will say, I love my daughters. I love Zoe Jane. I love McCallum. And then they'll respond back and yell out of the windows, we love our dada. We love it. It is so cute just to hear them yell that and and just for that i mean we laugh together and talk about well is it's dad aren't you embarrassed what people are gonna think no way i love you guys so much that i'll yell it to the world and today i want to take you through a few scriptures to talk about how much your heavenly father loves and cherishes you you know all of us, you and me, people from my church, all the people from your church, especially because of COVID and doing things online now, we all are from different countries, different states, different cities, different cultures, and we've all had different kinds of upbringings and different kinds of parents and different kinds of fathers. Some of us have had fathers who are tough, but you knew they loved you. Some of us had had more caring and nurturing fathers. Some of us didn't know our fathers at all. Some of us uh, didn't always know where we stood with our dads. Uh, you know, we all had different things. But I am here this week to look you in the eyes and tell you that you have a heavenly father that is head over heels for you. Someone watching this right now needs to hear that. You have a God, a, a Father in heaven that adores you and loves you no matter your past, no matter what wrongs you did, you've done today or 10 years ago. In fact, our God knows even, even knows the future and he knows what wrongs you will do tomorrow and he still loves us unconditionally. Yes, that is true. He knows your past, he knows your future, and he loves you no matter what. In fact, let me say it this way, you have a heavenly father that will roll down the windows of the car and yell out of the car, I love my son, Barry. I love my daughter, Jennifer. 
I love my kids and he doesn't even care what people think. On top of all this, you know what? You have a heavenly father that even has good gifts for you. I grew up hearing a story from my dad. And uh, let me preface this story by saying that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface something here. I love my grandpa. And since this story took place, he has given his heart to Jesus and he has changed and he is a great man. But when my dad was 11, my dad asked his dad, my grandpa, uh, who at that point lived in a different state. He was divorced from my dad's mom and he was remarried and had a couple of stepkids. And my dad for Christmas, uh, the, when he was 11, asked his dad for a, one of those sort of like a, like a kid trail bikes. This is a long time ago. So it was like a, like a Honda Trail 90 or a, one of those fat boy kind of a trail motorcycle bike. And he asked for that for Christmas. And so uh, my grandpa said, you know, he decided obviously that this was a great present for a young boy. But instead of getting one for my dad, the one who asked for it, he bought one. He bought one of these motorcycles that same Christmas for one of his stepsons and not my dad. And my dad was the one that asked for it. And so my dad, my dad was left without one, knowing that his stepbrother got one for Christmas. This does not make my grandpa a bad man or a bad dad. But it does show us that our earthly dads are human and sometimes make bad choices and choices sometimes that even hurt their kids. Choices that kids will grow up and tell their kids about. I know that my girls will end up someday looking back at their childhood and remember some of the mistakes that I've made. I know that they will have things uh, that, they, that they'll say, ah, well, I will not do that when I have kids one day. As much as I cherish and protect and love my daughters, I am not perfect. And they will have some things to work through. They will need to call, you know, probably uh, Pastor Patrick and Mindy and say, Hey, Pastor Mindy, um, my dad did this when I was a kid and it really hurt me. And they're going to have to get some counseling through that. I love, by the way, I love Pastor Patrick and Mindy. They are amazing. I'm so glad that they are a part of your church. You guys are so lucky to have Pastor Barry and Megan and Pastor Patrick and Minnie. That's so awesome. But we will, uh, you know, they're going to have things to work through. But we will never have to do that with our Heavenly Father. He is a perfect dad. He has our best interest at heart. He is faithful even when we are not. He is loving and he has good gifts for you and me. Take a look at this scripture with me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 through 11 says this. You parents, 
if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if you ask for a fish, or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. That would be idiotic. That's my little, that's my, I, I inserted that. That would be idiotic. So if you, as sinful parents, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to you? Think about that verse for a moment. That, that verse says a lot. Your God, your Heavenly Father, He has good gifts for you. He will take care of you even when it doesn't feel like it. In fact, you cannot go with what you feel sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't feel like God is right there with us. Sometimes we feel lonely and go, okay, is God even listening? Is he even there? Sometimes it doesn't feel like anything good is going on for you or that he has good gifts for you. But you and I, I'm preaching to myself here, you and I need to learn how to accept and lean on what his word says. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Here's another portion of scripture for you. Psalms chapter 103, verses 12, starting with verse 12, says this, God, which is your heavenly father, right? God has removed your sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Our Lord is a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. To those who fear him. Let's, let's take a look at this word real quick. God has removed your sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Our Lord is a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Once in a while, people will say, well, so we're supposed to fear God? We're supposed to be scared of God? If he's so loving and tender and compassionate, why does he want us to fear him? And that's not the kind of fear that the Bible talks about here. Let's look at this. The word fear in the Bible, when it's talking about fearing God, the, the fear of the Lord, is the word called, and those of you that know your uh, Hebrew and Greek words and stuff way better than me, don't make fun of me here, but it's like, it's, it's Y-I-R-A-H, Yaira, Yaira, something like that. But that's where that word Fear, fear the Lord. And it means to be in awe of. It means to respect. It means it's, it's the feeling of being on sacred ground. It's, it's a fear of like, whoa, this is awesome. 
I really respect this place. It's that it's it's that's the word fear that's used there. It's it's the the feeling of being on sacred ground or the feeling that we get when we are in possession of something that's considerably more energy or power than we are used to. Let me give you an example of this. So there I was, 14 years old. 14 years old, and I'm driving down the freeway in a brand new 1994 Dodge Viper. All growing up, my dad owned one of the biggest body shops in all of Las Vegas. So I grew up driving cars since I was eight years old. And then I learned how to drive a manual stick shift when I was 11. And when I was 14, I jumped in this Dodge Viper and I said, this thing needs to be test driven. And so I jumped in and I drove it. And I, I, I had this type of fear. I wasn't scared of wrecking the car. I wasn't scared to drive it because I had been driving for years, but I was in awe of the power that this car had. At the end of driving that car and feeling the power and the speed of that car as a 14 year old, I had a respect for the horsepower of that car. There was, I, I, I was probably even shaking. Like I remember that feeling. There was a fear, not, not a fear of being scared, but a, I respected that car. In fact, even to this day, now I am 40 years old, right? So that was a long time ago. I still can't wait to drive another Viper someday. I mean, that, that memory and that feeling, it was so amazing. This is that feeling we should have with our Heavenly Father. A sense of respect, a, a sense of aweness because of how holy He is, because of His love for us, because He is perfect, that we have this type of fear. I don't want my kids, my daughters, to be fearful of me. But I do like that feeling when I can see that they respect me, when they, are, when they are in awe of the wisdom I have. We don't want our kids to be afraid of us, but the honor and respect for the wisdom we have, the, for the knowledge that we have, because we are older and wiser, because we have answers that they don't have yet, that type of fear, that's the type of fear, reverence, awe, respect that we are to have for God. Okay, wow, that was a crazy like rabbit trail. Let's get back to the, let's get back to the scripture. Psalm 103, starting in verse 12 again. God has removed our sins from us as far as the east from the west. Our Lord is a father to his children tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For God knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and then we die. And the wind blows us and we are gone. 
as though we were never here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. God is your heavenly father. He has good gifts for you and his love for you will remain forever. This reminds me of a man in the Bible who experienced this type of fear, this type of uh, awe and respect for his father. It shows us that true love and forgiveness and acceptance of a heavenly father, this story does. Even when we've messed up, and even when we've messed up big time. Jesus tells us this story, it's in the book of Luke, of a young man, he was tired of living under the household of his dad. He was tired of, of, of sort of being under the protection and covering of his dad. His dad was rich. And he, he, this son came to his dad and said, I want my inheritance early. And then he left home and squandered it all. Picture with, you, picture with me, if you will, this rich kid, a rich kid. He has all the stuff that he wants. Uh, he, he has houses and, I mean, this is the Bible time, so not cars and stuff, but Everything he wanted, he had. His dad was rich. But what he wanted was freedom. And so he goes to his dad and says, okay, I want, I want my freedom. And so can I have my inheritance? I want to go make a life for myself. And so then he left and he spent all of his inheritance, inheritance partying, living it up. And some time goes by and he ends up so broke that he starts living on a pig farm with the pigs. He was starving so much that he even began to uh, eat the pig food. The Bible says the pig food began to look appetizing to him. Finally, after living in this type of situation, he finally woke up and said, well, wait a minute. Even my dad's hired help live better than I'm living right now. Maybe I should go back to my dad and work for him just so I could have a better life. So he humbled himself and he started walking back to his dad's palace. Knowing that he was an idiot, knowing that he had disgraced his family name, knowing that he was going back to be a servant and not a son, knowing how embarrassing this walk of shame was gonna be. But then his father saw him walking from a distance. His loving father saw him far off walking back home. His dad had already known that he wasted his inheritance. His dad already knew that his son had disgraced the family name. And, and really, in those times, the family name meant way more than we could even imagine these days. 
these days are especially you know here in America family names are really not nearly as revered or anything as they were but this this kid had disgraced the family name and this dad knowing that his son had lived in some crazy sinful ways still called out to his servants and had a feast prepared and he had gifts brought gifts of a robe and slippers and a ring brought waiting for his son he was waiting for his son and as his son walked up he embraced him and kissed him picture this with me you are dirty stinky you just came from a pig farm humiliated you grew up rich but ended up living and eating with the pigs you do this walk of shame home go walking home broke spending your entire inheritance living a sinful life ran your family name into the mud and then you walk up and your dad is there with a feast and gifts of clothes and jewelry what this is crazy jesus told this story to the religious leaders of the day the pharisees and the and the preachers of the day because he wanted to share with them how the grace of god worked he wanted to share with them and show them in this story this is the forgiveness that our heavenly father has even when we run his name into the ground even when we squander our inheritance we all sin we all lie we all have cheated we all have stolen we live selfishly we disgrace god's name we squander we waste the gift and the talents and the money that god's given us but because he is a loving father he waits for us to return. He waits for us to come back with a feast and with gifts as if we had never left. He restores us back into his family as if we had never left, as if we had never messed up. In this story, the servants put the robe and the ring on the son before he even took a shower while he still smelled like pigs. Thrive Church, let me sum all this up for you. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that. We know that. Especially Pastor Barry. Amen? Amen. Can I get some amens there? Especially Pat. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Especially you, Pastor Barry. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was, so, that was so disrespectful of me. We have all slept with the pigs. We have all made wrong choices in our life. We have all disgraced our family name. But like the father in this story, your heavenly father is waiting for you every time. 
with a new inheritance, with a ring and the robe and slippers. And you know what? You don't, you don't even need to shower first. Hear this, church. Hear this, please. I know it from personal experience. I know it from hearing it from people that I've pastored. We sometimes feel like we can't come back to God until we clean ourselves up a little bit. Until we make some better choices. We don't feel like we can come back to God in the, in the middle of the filth. But you can. This story that I just talked about is a story that Jesus told. And remember, they put the robe on him and the ring and the slippers before he even took a shower. You do not need to clean up before you present yourself worthy. Your father has good gifts for you because you are his son or his daughter. His grace is sufficient to cover all of your crap. He loves you and is watching for you, waiting for you to come back home. Every time you step away, even if it's, even for, if it's just a moment or even if it's for years, he's waiting. And I know this story paints a bad picture. I know that not all of us are out there making crazy bad choices, but we all do fall short every day. You know, the word sin just means, the actual word sin just means missing the mark. It means missing the bullseye. So even if, you know, a picture of bullseye, even if you miss the bullseye and, and hit the one over, it's still good points, but it's not the bullseye then they actually yell out sin because you missed the bullseye. So we all miss the bullseye every day. We all have some thought or some action that we miss God's perfection every day because none of us can be perfect. And so when we do, when we fall short every day, and we have these little things that we all know that God sees, but we're still embarrassed to come to him, we cannot let those things keep us away from him, keep us from fully engaging in relationship with him on a daily basis. We need to not get stuck. We get stuck feeling like we need to atone or make up for these bad things. We don't. We can just come back to him every day with the robe, and the ring. Don't get sucked into this. It's the enemy. It's the devil who brings guilt and condemnation. But your heavenly Father brings forgiveness and freedom. Church, let me ask you a couple questions. Has it been a while since you just sat at your heavenly Father's feet? Has it been a while since you curled up on the couch next to your heavenly father and let him put his arm around you and you fall asleep on his shoulder and just rest in his comfort? 
has it been a while since you said, hey, dad, I don't know what to do in this situation in my life right now. I need your wisdom. And just listen for his voice. You have a heavenly father that wants to put his arm around you and you fall asleep at peace on his chest. He wants to impart wisdom into your life. He wants you to sit at his feet and him share stories with you. But you have to make it a priority. He's there. My daughters know that I'm here. They're going to have times of their life, right? I, what I told you they're 11 and 7. In a few years, in their teenagers, they're going to have times of life that they're not as close with me as I would want them to be. They're going to have, they're going to have times of life of being embarrassed when I yell out the car window that I love them. But I'm not going to walk away from them. They might take some steps away from me, and that's okay. They have to do that to learn and grow on their own. But they're always going to know that I'm here. And you need to know and understand that your Heavenly Father doesn't leave you, doesn't forsake you. He is right there waiting for you to return. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for Thrive Church. I thank you for Pastor Barry and Pastor Megan. I thank you for the, the call on their lives and the call on Thrive Church's existence. Lord, you have, you have built and equipped Thrive Church for such a time as this. Lord, you have a purpose and a plan for this church as a whole. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help them, that you would speak to them, that you would show them what to do and how to do it. And Lord, I pray for everyone watching this today and even for myself. Lord, help us to slow down and work on our relationship with you. Help us to remember and know that you are right there, that you care, that you are our Heavenly Father who doesn't leave who loves us no matter what we choose to do, who loves us when we're bad or when we're good. Lord, you, your love is unconditional. And I don't know who, but somebody needed to hear that this week. Somebody needed to hear that they have a Heavenly Father who is not displeased, who is not resistant because of our sin, who is not pushed away from us, but is standing there waiting with the robe, with the ring, with the, with the feast, because he's so excited every time we come back into his presence. So Lord, I pray for all of us that we would realize that more and more each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for having me in your church this week. And I want to encourage you. Don't keep this all to yourself. Process what you heard today with somebody. 
process this with somebody in your church community. Uh, go home and process it with your husband or your wife or your kids or whatever. Somebody else needs to hear this. Maybe you need some prayer to realize it. Maybe this is some hard stuff. Maybe your relationship with your parents or your dad wasn't that good. And so it's hard for you to picture a heavenly father that is accepting and loving and caring because that wasn't modeled for you very well. Get some prayer on that. Get some perspective on that. Talk to somebody. Process this with somebody and know that you can rest and know that your Heavenly Father is in control, that He is perfectly faithful, and that He has good gifts for you and your life. I love you all and we will see you soon. Thank you for having me.